Welcome back to another episode of We Watch, We Collect, presented by Believe Podcast Network. Today's episode is going to be all about trade deadline, the aftermath, what everyone is thinking. And today's episode, I am joined by MLB analysts, hosted MLB coverage for TBS, MLB Network Radio on Sirius XM, and also host of Unfiltered on Believe, Casey Stern joins my show. How you doing, Casey? Pleasure, man. Happy to be on board. How you doing? All right. I'm doing pretty good. I mean, trying to recap everything that went down in the last couple of days, even after the trade deadline, has just been like, oh man, I I I'd say this is one of like the craziest trade deadlines that ever happened. Yeah, without a doubt. Especially when you look at the the nature of the size of a deal for Soto. I mean, really, without that, it's probably not going to carry the same weight or cachet moving forward, but it'll be the deadline that Soto moved. That's what everybody will remember. Padre fans will remember that for at least two and a half years. And depending upon if they can resign him longer than that. Uh, otherwise it'll be more nationals fans who remember it as the, the day that the nationals died, so to speak. Yeah. Cause yeah. I mean, of course, I think everyone's seen it. Everyone's posting like all their videos of like them throwing the jerseys out. Harper's, Scherzer's, Turner's, and now Soto. It's like, oh man. But it, honestly, in my eyes, I'm thinking like only one of those guys doesn't have a ring. And it's Harper. You know, your other guys do. You guys, they want a ring in 2019. A, a little like, honestly, like kind of like a, like, how the hell did they win? But they won. Like, so he has a ring. So they can't really be 100% completely mad about him. Or about no, and they beat the Astros. I mean, look, they won four games on the road beating Houston. I mean, that was, forget about just the fact they were 39 and 51 to start the season. The crazy part is, is that where they got screwed and you wonder if this would have changed the way they handled last year and this year, it, you know, because look, the learners have always been kind of cheap. But the interesting thing about that franchise is remember, they never got all the ticket sales that you benefit from the next year. Like I lived, I'm from New York, I lived down in Atlanta. And, you know, for me growing up, every time the Atlanta Braves would win a title, nobody shows up in the building until they, they're put to the postseason. Now they're selling out. I mean, nowadays, the year after you win a title, that's where you're making the money. The learners, the owners of the Nationals never got that because of COVID. Nobody was in the building. So they never got to see any of the money that they would have made off the championship. People don't think about that. And they made some, I'm sure, in terms of the value of the franchise. But they never got to recoup any of that money that every other franchise is begging for after they win. And you wonder if Soto and Scherzer and Turner are still on the team, if they would have had that 2020 where they're just raking in dollars. And because of yeah. COVID, they didn't make any money. That Yeah, that's completely true. I mean... Like, and now that you brought it up, I honestly didn't really think about it, but I'm like, damn, like it's really the year after because everyone wants to go see the team that won. Everyone's wearing World Series merch. Everyone's just, everyone wants to go to the ring ceremony. And they, again, they didn't get one. Nothing. So, they had nothing. Damn. I never thought of it that way. So it's, that, that's a really good point. So, oh man. But I mean, I, aside from Soto, no. That, I would say is probably the biggest trade of the deadline. Everyone was sure. anxiously waiting for it, but I want to get into a little bit of other ones. Like the first one that really caught me like, like, okay, like I kind of knew he was going there, but I didn't think that they were going to, I honestly thought they were going to give up different prospects 
Not saying, no, these are low-level guys, but the Yankees getting Frankie Montas. That one was a big, like, okay, I knew he was kind of going there, but I didn't know that they weren't going to give up higher-end guys for him. That was one of the first trades that went down. Yeah, I think one of the things that happened with that was Luis Castillo, when he got traded, the Yankees were in on that, right? So when they lost out to Seattle, that became the next name for them. So the Yankees moved down to Frankie Montas. But what happened was is that Seattle was out of the mix. The Cardinals were in the mix on Frankie Montas, but because they were waiting around for Soto and trying to figure out if they were part of that deal, they did smaller things like Quintana and eventually Jordan Montgomery. So like the amount of teams that were chasing after Frankie, even though we know he's a really good pitcher, was a lot less than people thought. And that's yeah. why that ended up happening. That, because there, there was no bidding war for Frankie Montas. No, so I think the no, Yankees got really away wasn't. with that a little bit. They got away with yeah. that a little bit. Yeah, for sure. And then I, I'll be completely honest, because like, if a lot of people don't know, you are a Mets fan. I'm a Red yes. Sox fan. So we both have a little feelings toward don't the Don't like Yankees. the Yankees. Yes, yeah, yes. I don't. But I will, you know, sometimes I do give credit where credit's due. And, you know, I think that, you know, Frankie Montas was a good pickup for them. And then it turned out even better because they did end up training Jordan Montgomery, which I, I, I personally did not see that coming. I thought they liked no, the guy. No, it doesn't make any fans sense. loved him. Like, I didn't, I didn't understand. I was like, damn, I thought fans liked him. I honestly thought the organization or the front office really liked him. So that kind of threw me off. I was like, wow, okay. And then for Harrison Bader, of all people, I, that trade kind of threw yeah, me off a little bit. It's a weird deal because, like, first of all, and I like Harrison Bader. He's a good dude. And he, anybody who's ever talked to him, it takes about three seconds to realize he's from New York because he's got the accent. So he will be a fan <laughs> favorite. And, you know, Yankee center field is like a prestigious like thing in this sport, clearly. So for a guy who patrols it as well as he does, making some dynamic catches at Yankee stadium, he'll be a fan favorite soon. And it, he'll hit ninth and not need to do anything offensively, which is, he's not a good offensive player, very streaky, but it was weird only because like Montgomery, who always pitches poorly against the Mets had one bad outing against the Mets and then it was like all of a sudden like they changed their philosophy the thing to me that I wondered was when that deal happened there was about an hour left in the deadline I'm thinking is Carlos Rodon maybe on the table because the Giants who weren't sure if they're sellers maybe the Yankees were going to rope him in as a rental because you don't have to give a top prospect for that and maybe that's why they left left-hander right giving up a left-hander it, it you rarely not only was it weird to do in general but you rarely give away left-handed pitching when you get to the late in the season, because there's always going to be, even if Montgomery didn't make the rotation, some lineup where he could come in in a sixth inning, right. And have two tough lefties to face. Like, so the fact that they, they moved that on, look, it's it's a good addition for St. Louis. It's a good addition for St. Louis. It is. And I mean, like majority, I know everyone's probably noticing, but majority of all the teams that really made trades are right now either in contention, let's say two and a half games below the wild card or in a wild card spot. But the teams that are that didn't make like the big blockbuster trades are ahead in their division. Like Astros made one, of course they got my my guy Christian Vasquez and their first place in their division. So my my thing is it's like I've always had this thought. I mean if I'm a team organization front office guy i'm like we're in first place i mean take houston an over 10 game lead do i really need to like really make pushes for trades 
or can a little bit of like one, two, like holes that not necessarily holes, but little areas that we can fill because we're lacking catcher, for instance, in Houston, because their catching situation sucked. So good on them for getting Vasquez. He was, he's incredible this year. He was incredible last year. So I'm always thinking like, do, do we need to make big trades because we're already in the lead? Do you feel like teams get like that? They get real comfortable and it's mostly teams that are in wild cards that got to stay there that make the big jump. Hence the Padres. Yeah. I think, mean, look, you go back to the San Francisco giants when they won three times in six years, their deadline pickups were Marco Scudero, Cody Ross of waivers. Now these guys were good for them, but they weren't beat. didn't need a big name. The Dodgers didn't do much at the deadline, but they didn't have to, they didn't have to get Juan Soto. And you got Freeman and Betts and Turner and Muncie and those guys. I mean, really, look, I'm a Met guy, but who are we kidding? Like, nobody wants to face that lineup. We don't need Juan Soto. Um, to your point, I think you, you have if you have to get better, it means you're not good enough, right? Like, at exactly. the point before the deadline, the Braves aren't as good as the Mets. The Mets beat them head-to-head and leading a division. So they got to go and they got to get Grossman for left field. They got to get Iglesias. They got to make some moves. If you're sitting there and you look at the Padres – they're not going to win the division. So now they know they got a whole extra round to go, right? I need to make sure I got as much depth as possible. So they went and they pull up the sneaky deal to add Hader into the back end. The Drury deal, it's a grand slam, mind you, obviously, in his first that bad. Oh, <laughs> they, they add depth everywhere because they can't beat the Dodgers for the division this year. But if they get there, they got to feel like they're good enough. So, yeah, I think, look, you, you never want to rest on your laurels ever. Because everyone else is getting better, so you can't stay the same. So for the Astros to tweak, for the Yankees to tweak, those are clearly the two best teams in the American League. You know it as well as I do. Like, that makes sense. But, you know, and and by the way, the last thing I'll say is it's what makes teams afraid to do too much because the Yankees and Astros are so good. The Mariners, okay, Adam Castillo, and that's helpful. We saw that already. But do I really want to push further for this year? I'm already probably going to get in. I haven't gotten in 21 years. I can't beat the Yankees. I can't beat the Astros in a seven-game series. No way. So the, the GMs in the room, they know that. And they're, they're not going to go ahead and do too much where it's not going to be worth it because what their owner is asking is get me to the playoffs every year. Get me playoff money every single year. That's what it's all about. That's why NBA teams are okay being six seeds every year because they're in the playoffs every year. That's all the owner's asking. That's where you make the money. It's where you make TV money. It's where you make the ticket money. So you got to get in every year. So, you know, I think to your point, if you're on the outskirts of town and you don't even know if you're getting in, you better make the move. Like the Giants right now, and I understand it, they felt like, I don't know if I want to sell or buy. They're stuck because they're not good enough to do anything, but they're not bad enough to give up. So they're just going to, okay, let's see what happens. The Orioles aren't going to push with what they have now, they had to sell. And Mancini, by the way, also homers in what his second AB or whatever it was with Houston. Yeah. So, yeah, I think to your point, like, look, we're all – you should never settle no matter who you are, but the Dodgers weren't running to go make moves. They know how good they are. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and like another thing that I always like to really think about, like that's the type of fan that I am. I'm not just like a watch and cheer type guy. I like, I like to watch and actually like think, like, damn, like what is actually – some of these like organizations are thinking and you know one thing that i always try to like maybe try to figure out is like as a fan like again i'm no like sports analyst i'm no writer nothing you know i'm casual fan watching the game which i love the game i know the game like the back of my hand 
It's number one for me. And like one thing, it's like teams that do make moves or that, you know, or make moves to get to the playoffs or make these big trades like Juan Soto, like, oh, like he's he's traded. We're trading him. But but you know what? Thank you. And, you know, it gets it does get fans upset. And I was genuinely upset a couple of years ago when the Red Sox traded Mookie Betts. Now, as fans, you don't know what goes on in those offices because for one, like they don't want to give away their plans, you know, if, if they have any. And so it, it kind of leaves fans like in a gray area where it's like, okay, like, well, what are you doing? Like, wh- what are we doing here? Like, what's the plan? And they can't tell everybody because it's like, for one, if they decide to tell like fans, like, okay, this is our plan. Like in 2022, we're going to trade Soto. We're going to get like all the top prospects from the San Diego organization because we're going to be competitive in 2024 and 2025. And then in that year, we're going to have this guy come up and all this stuff. You can't do that. You can't make that public because then it lets other teams know like, okay, that's what Uh that team is doing. So I've always like kind of thought like, like, I don't know. I, I don't want organizations to, you know, like tell everybody their plan, but it's like, damn like i wish i wish i wish like fans knew a little bit of something that was going on and like over years like i've come to terms with the mookie bets trade it wasn't just like like oh he doesn't want to play here because he did it was a whole luxury tax thing really couldn't afford him at the time didn't want to go there and he ends up in la it was a stupid thing i mean he can't like the that ownership i mean you know look and they've screwed up big time because you can go back to when they paid all the money for Carl Crawford and Adrian Gonzalez, and then that didn't work. And then they gave up. Like they, they make, they don't stick with what they believe in. They don't really like, they have gotten lucky in some spots where they've had players elevate to beyond what they thought. They never knew Mookie Betts was going to be that good. And they never knew Xander Bogarts was going to be that good. They didn't. And they had, you know, a manager for years in Tito who would maximize everything that he had. And they, they had, you know, guys who, you know, were able to be stars that they brought over in deals. I mean, people forget Mike Lowell was a throw-in. He was supposed to be money you're forced to take in the Hanley Ramirez deal, and he was a World Series MVP. So they didn't plan on that, right? They thought it would be bad money. So, you know, they've gotten exposed a little bit, that ownership and the way they handle things. Like, for me, you know, asking for a top prospect for J.D. Martinez, I like J.D., but that's ridiculous. Either don't trade the guy or move him. Like the idea of even like, because somewhere it's going to leak and it did what they're asking for. And it's ridiculous. Like you just look stupid that way. No one's going to, yeah. no one's going to give you a top five prospect for a DH who literally you cannot put in the field. There's a difference between Edgar Martinez was, was maybe the best DH of all time. Him and Poppy, right? David, when he went to first base was way better than I watched Mike Piazza play first base. Right. <laughs> and he was better than Michael Morse was a left fielder. Right. We've seen, and you think about Edgar Martinez was a good defender. He just, for that team, didn't have to play any defense. So he was always the DH. JD Martinez, you can't put out there in the field. You can't tell me I'm giving you a top five, probably crazy. Like, there's no way. So to me, that that ownership's a little, they're a little off their rocker in terms of, and I'm not blaming Heim Bloom in terms of like what they expect. And the, the, the part that you said about the honesty, here's some irony. Former folks that, hey, look, any Red Sox fan, you got to feel good about Theo Epstein and Jed Hoyer because of what they did when they were with you. 
But when they went to Chicago, I remember, and it was after Jim Hendry got fired, they went in there, and I remember Theo, like, openly, and McLeod, that whole Red Sox group that came over, saying, we're going to suck. There's no pitching in this system. Don't expect us to get any free agents. I remember, and thank God they didn't, but the next year after they were there, Jacoby Ellsbury was a free agent. And this is when he had come up his 30 home run year and Brian Cashman paid him way too much money. But I remember asking Jed Hoyer, like on the air, this wasn't like a secret. Are you going to be in on it? Like you guys love him. They brought Anthony Rizzo already. Remember Jed brought Anthony Rizzo from Boston to San Diego and then brought him to Chicago. I mean, he like everywhere he yeah. went, he took him right there on to Chicago. So they loved Ellsbury. And he said to me, no, there's no point in even talking about this because we can't wait yet. And they waited three years until they paid Lester $150 million and said, okay, that's going to be the move where, where we're ready. And Anthony Rizzo's talked about it. They basically told him, like, you got to help these guys suck better until we're ready. That's the kind of honesty that you're looking for with a fan base like Chicago, right? You need that. To yeah. your point, most fans don't know what the hell their team is thinking. And I, I don't like that either. And i got to say one last thing. Sometimes you can tell a fan with a move. I don't know what Mike Elias and the Orioles are going to be. But good for them with Mancini and, and Jorge Lopez. Good for them because they've had a really special year. It would have been easy to say, can you imagine September tickets? Nobody ever goes to this building. Nobody's come to want to see us play in forever. They could have tried to, to think about now and the fans would have gotten confused. And instead they did the right thing. And they basically, without having to say it, told the fans, hey, look, we're taking a couple of steps forward, but we're not nearly ready yet. So good for Baltimore. They were smart. Yeah. I mean, because I- – Trey Mancini was one that, and that was another one of the early trades that went down. I'm not going to say like it, it, like it was like a, like, Oh shit. Why did they do that? He was their guy. Cause you know, Orioles, they're, they're not contenders, you know? So it's like, but it's one of those teams where it's like, and it's nowhere near like a Freddie Freeman Atlanta thing, but Trey Mancini, he just looked good in an Orioles uniform. So now that he's and his story in, and his story too, right? Yeah. His story too, right? Yeah. So yeah. it's it, like everyone, I guess, even like fans that are not Orioles fans, like, like keep him there. Like he's your dude, but it's things that like teams have to do. I mean, it fans don't love it. I sure as hell don't because I hate seeing guys go like it. Even fans now, like Red Sox fans are still, it's going to hurt, especially if Red Sox don't make the playoffs and Christian Vasquez is playing in the ALCS. And we're like, damn, like, you know, but good for him, but fuck, like, damn it. Like, oh, man. And um, another thing that I wanted to bring up to you and get your, your take on is the Mets have didn't really – I know a lot of people were like, like, well, what the hell were you guys going to do? Uh, well, their Mets didn't really make like big blockbuster trades and they were in on JD and Christian Vasquez at one point. Yeah. And Wilson Contreras and David Thanks. Robertson, who did end up getting moved. Contreras did not. And the Cubs situation with Contreras, that makes no sense. Like he's a rental. He's gone. Like he's for all the like, you know, he's waving to the fans and I love you. Like he's going to love the money in the off season, no matter what, like comes like fans got to realize like we're all fans. Like, so it's like, I'm not any, but we're all this way. Like these, these are humans, right? Like, yeah, they love Albert Pujols. I remember when he first left St. Louis and got $50 million more with the angels fans were like, Oh, he doesn't love us. He lied to us. No, he loves you. But if I wrote down on a piece of paper, the amount of things I wouldn't do for $50 million outside of religion or morals or family, there's nothing on the list, 
right? So it's like Christian Vasquez is going to get paid somewhere in the offseason, right? Wilson Contreras is gone. He's getting paid somewhere else. The Cubs, why they didn't trade him makes no sense to me because the Mets wanted him, but they were asking the Mets for a top five prospect. It's like, you got to be kidding me. Uh, which, by the way, I, I got to say, for those who didn't um, notice, uh, there's a certain prospect who hit a home run yesterday out of literally, like, I don't even think, it landed outside this planet. And the fact that the Mets have the number <laughs> one prospect in baseball and are as good as they are, those are the kind of things that make you not want to trade because you feel like, and by the way, he's a catcher. So you feel like, okay, I got, I got my own guy. I'm not going to go. Anyway, to your point, I was disappointed. The Mets needed a left-handed reliever badly. And I, you know, I don't, I don't know why they didn't get one. I can't defend them, even though they said it didn't match up. You got it. You got to make it match up. There were guys that were out there, Andrew Chapin being one of them. Like, I, I don't understand why they didn't make that deal. But the Mets were 28 games over 500 at the day of the deadline. They had won seven in a row. They swept the Subway Series, right? So you're supposed to beat the Yankees. They beat the Yankees, who are supposed to be the best team in the base. They beat them twice, right? You win seven in a row. Max Scherzer has been brilliant since he's been healthy. Jacob deGrom was thrown 102 when he just returned. Jeff Passan in an article out today that an executive told him that if deGrom looks the way he looked yesterday, two days ago, the rest of the season, he's getting 50 mil a year. And people think that's crazy, but he's, we're talking about legitimately one of the best 10 pitchers of all time. Like this is, look at the, the guy's is ridiculous, right? So those things make you when you're in that front office think like, why are we desperate? Like we're pretty, look what we're adding fans and people covering it. All of us together. We're like, okay, yeah, I get that. But what if the ground's not healthy? Scherzer's still old. Remember even the world series run with the nationals, he got hurt and you were praying. He was, we didn't even know if he could throw right at the end of the world series. Right. Now he's years older. Um, it might come back to bite him. Their pitching depth in the bullpen is not enough. Their rotation's ridiculous. Um, and, and I've said this, the last thing I'll say about the Mets is the interesting thing is you can make all the moves you want at the deadline. If Walker Bueller is not healthy, the Dodgers aren't going anywhere. If um, the you Darvish doesn't pitch better in the postseason, like then he's pitched in the past, Padres aren't going to go anywhere, right? If the Mets don't have Scherzer and DeGrom healthy, they'll be in the postseason. They're not going to win it all. If they have Scherzer and DeGrom healthy, the Mets are the favorites for me. Who, who wants to face them? In a five-game series, they're making four starts. Like, there's no way it's going to – nobody's going to beat that team. <laughs> I mean, I, and, like, I I had the Mets win into division way before the season started because I, I even said it. I was like, I, Mets is one of those teams where it's like fans – all like, not Mets fan, but, like, other fans always – the old thing, the Mets are going to met. And I even they'll, said they'll it. They'll screw it very, up. They'll screw it up. Very, very early episode when I had them win into division, I was like, you know what? If they make the playoffs and, you know, make a run, I no, even said if they make a playoffs, I believe that the Mets have to met that whole saying has to be put to rest. Like it, it's done. I mean, of course, if they make the playoffs, then fans are going to be like, well, they're still going to met. They got to win the World Series or whatever. But it's like but they're in, but they're in. Yeah, that's that's the point. Like all, the point is just to get in, because when it comes to playoff time, all your win losses, all your slugging, all your batting average, all your homers during the regular season, gone. That's right. That shit. That shit right. does not matter anymore. That's right. Like, it, it's a That's whole right. new look at, game. Look, look at two, look at 2015. The Mets were a 500 team. They got Cespedes. They get into the postseason. Daniel Murphy wins you a series. They had three guys within their first or second year pitching: Syndergaard, Degrom, and Harvey. And 
people are like, to your point, would be like, oh, they failed. Because, you know, Harvey was left into it. They made it to the World Series. You know what I mean? Like, to your yeah. point, it's like Mets, Metting, I've covered them in 2007 when they collapsed. I was there in the building when Tom Glavin gave up seven runs in the first inning, the day when they finally relinquished first place in the Phillies, and they had that seven-game lead on September 12th. That is Metting, right? If you get to the postseason, if they lost to the Dodgers this year, it's six games in an LCS. That's not Metting. That's Buck Showalter in his first year got them to an LCS. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. Yeah, and it just so happened to be most likely the Dodgers, you know, like best team in the NL, like without a doubt. I mean, and then another thing I want to bring up only because it's it was my first experience, like actually physically experiencing it. So I work for the Albuquerque Isotopes, AAA okay. affiliate yep. of the Rockies. And yep. we're here in El Paso right now playing the Chihuahuas, Triple affiliate of the Padres. Uh-huh. So it's uh-huh. it's it was really weird. So I was in the visiting clubhouse with the players just about two hours left of the deadline. And I I don't want to give like too much away, like how what everyone was saying or nothing. It's not really like my place, but a lot of them were saying the players were kind of joking with each other. It's like like you get traded, like they did Boris call you, whatever, like all this stuff. But in their in the the main point of what they were trying to get off is why didn't the Rockies make any moves? And then Zero. I was thinking, I was like, and everyone brought up multiple players, but it was one player. And I was like, there's a lot for a few teams I could have used them, and it was Jose Iglesias because they had the chance to trade him to get something. And a lot of players were saying that in the clubhouse. So they're like, we could have gotten something. Like why didn't the Rockies make any moves? And it really like caught me off guard where it's like, okay, you want, you're, you're a player, triple A player. You want your organization to make moves, but that could be you. Like, look, I didn't ask any of the players. It's but, not it, my, but it opens up, but when guys get moved at the big league level, it, it being around minor leagues, it opens a spot for somebody who's yes. in the clubhouse you're in. Yes. So, and I mean, I, they don't want to say it. They don't want to say it. They're rooting for some guys to get moved. Yes. And it, and then that, that was like my, at the end when I walked like away That's a little why. bit, like into the dugout, I was like, yeah. okay, like I understand because there, there are certain players that want to fill a hole. They're not going to say it, you know, like, Hey, I want of course him not. to get traded, of course but not. it's like, okay, like, okay, now I understand here. Cause that was my first experience. Like the last two hours of the deadline, I was around some players involved in the team that didn't make a move. So I was like, okay, that the, kind of, this is what it feels like. Like it feels like, like everyone's on edge. Like, well, what's going to happen? And, but nothing happened in the end. But it was really like, it was really an experience. Like, like damn, these guys really are on edge, but still joking. But at the end, it's like everyone wants their team to win. And yeah, I, the I Rockies have yeah. uh, look. The Rockies are they? They gave up. Like they basically have just no look. They had. An owner years ago passed away. They had the Jeff Breidich disaster. I mean, that was the whole thing was a disaster. Arenado and Story, like, it's funny. Like, I think it, sometimes you make a deal and it's easy to get on it now, but you can't blame it. I'll give you an example. I'm a Nick fan. Alan Houston got $100 million because of a ball that bounced several times and they beat the Heat as an 8-1. But he was great for the Knicks. He got $100 bucks and it hampered the franchise like for 10 years 
But at the time, it's like, you know, you couldn't blame them. The story in Arenado handling and how badly the Rockies screwed that up, not either A, all in with them and keeping them, or B, realizing you can't wait till it's too late till Arenado wants to leave until all that happened. And story doesn't even really have a spot to send them. All those things that develop, and you're losing these guys for nothing. They handled that so badly, it's going to hurt that franchise for like 15 years. I mean, legitimately, it's think about this the Nationals are a joke right now, but they got a lot of talent that they just got so new ownership's going to come in let's say next year they're going to be crappy for two three years but even if they're horseshit for three years they're going to have guys that at the time are 23 24 that now are 19 that's like holy crap i got all these guys for free all i gotta do is get free agent pitchers and i can go win where how are the rockies gonna win they didn't get anything for anyone they just sent these guys away and lost <laughs> them i think they've given up I mean, it sounds terrible, but honestly, that's what it feels like. It's like that ownership has just get that baseball team. It's just a thing that sits there, makes them a little money because you don't spend any. And some people come to the ballpark and, you know, we're a football town and whatever. And it's like, mm-hmm. I feel bad for those fans because they got good fans. I remember being there in the playoffs when the Tulo chance with Tulowitzki were there. It's a great park. There's some great rooftop bars right outside. It's a great area in Denver. It's, it's fantastic. I feel bad for those fans. Because they do have, they've got a great sports town, but there's a lot of time period where there's no football. And those Bronco fans, they're watching the Rockies. There's a lot of time period, even in the Avalanche one, once you skate around with the cup and you have a parade, they're watching the Rockies. It's a great place to go watch a game. Who's watching that team? Nobody. Hmm. I mean, and then back to, you know, bringing us a little full circle here and go back to the main guy, the main talk of the whole trade, kind of a little running out of time here, but I want to, I want to hear your, not opinion, but like your, I guess, prediction on like what happens with Juan Soto at the end of this year, because what he does have two years of arbitration, which is basically two years of control of course, like as teams, you do give him qualifying offers. He's not going to take that shit for sure. Um, and I had like a misconception in the beginning where it's like whoever trades for him is technically committing to signing him. That's uh-huh. not the case anymore. Not anymore. No. Like they could have no. him for two years. They can make trade him again. They, yeah. And then that, and I'm glad you said that because I even thought of that. I was like, you have him for the rest of this year. Get them for next year. And then if things are not going your way next year, you trade them to a team, get more. With a year pro- left. With a year left. Right. Yes. You get more prospects or you get them for next year. And then you wait till the second year and you try it again. Like That's you'll right. have the half the year left and you trade to get prospects. So That's right. I know a lot of fans are saying, and I'll get you, I want your take on it is, does trading Soto mean World Series or bust? I say no, not necessarily, because you still have time with him. He's he's he, he, not saying like he has to get comfortable, but it's not World Series or bust. It's not. It it's really really not. And I want to hear. Well, it's not. It's it's not. It's not this year. Um, you know, first of all, World Series or bust. It's it's hard. Only one team wins, right? So. Right. You know, the companies don't look at it that way, which is what these teams are. They're, they're, they're businesses. They win a, I think winning a division or bust, not this year, clearly, for sure. No. Next year, there will be a 
pressure for them to win the division, to beat the, they, they know they can't now. They got too far behind the eight ball, but you don't go bring in Soto because here's the thing. If they lose Soto and they don't resign him long-term, you got to at least have a division out of it. That gives you a better chance, obviously to go win a world series. And the Padres fans have watched the Dodgers go win nine, 10 divisions in a row. Right. So I think that's a, a, a huge key. The thing I would say to this about the Soto thing, to your point, the Tampa Bay Rays could have traded for him, kept him for two years, turned him around, and still gotten assets back. He's worth it because he's one of the best players in the game, and you get two and a half years left of him. He's worth it. He's worth it even if you don't sign long-term, for sure. And that, Yeah, that, that would have been such a, a Tampa Bay Rays thing to do in the first place. Sure. They do shit, they they do shit like that. <laughs> of course, but they could have. They could have. Yeah. That's why, like, the idea that you have to sign Juan Soto long-term, it's two and a half years. It's not a rental. Now, look, you're going to try, but it would have been hard for St. Louis with Arenado and Goldschmidt. It's going to be hard with Machado and Tatis Jr. for San Diego to do it. It would have been hard for the Mets, even with Pete Alonso and DeGrom and everybody. It would be hard for any of these teams, unless you were a team like Tampa, who had no one else. And they're not going to obviously pay that money. But, you know, the Yankees were the one team for me. It's like they would have been really interesting if, Soto played until the offseason because if the Yankees lose judge and free agency, they would have given the Nationals the farm to go get Soto instead. And then they would have not had to spend the money for another year or two and had the same judge scenario, but just replace him with Soto. That would have been interesting. The Yankees pressure on them re-signing Aaron Judge and bringing him back right now is immense. That's why they had to make those moves because if Judge leaves and decides, hey, look, I'll go play for the Dodgers. Now Soto's off the board, at least for a couple of years. We can talk about 2025 all we want. The Yankees are about stars. You know, who's the star of the team going to be? DJ LeMayu, Anthony Rizzo? Like, it's not going to work. Like, this is Aaron Judge's team now, right? So the Yankees and the – you want to talk about having hand. Like, Aaron Judge has the Yankees by the balls, big time. He does. He, he bet on himself. I know everyone's saying, like, yep. oh, he shouldn't bet on himself because he, he hasn't really been the same. Uh, Dude's on pace to – yeah. Crack 61 homers. Like, and likable dude. So, like and likable yeah. dude. Like, look, I'm not a Yankee guy. You're you're even more worse than me. But it's like people say back in the day, like, you want me to tell you I don't like Bernie Williams? Like, who doesn't like Bernie Williams? He's like seems like a nice, <laughs> yeah. such a nice dude. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Judge is a like judge is a humble, like he could be a total asshole because he has a reason to be, right? He's a stud and he's a huge, I mean. The talent and the charisma and everything, but he's such a humble, nice guy. Good for him. Good for him. Yeah. I mean, like, and then just to kind of stick on uh, the Aaron Judge thing, I, again, beginning of the season, at the end of the year, I have Aaron Judge as a San Francisco Giant. It's, I, I, it was in my gut way before the season. It's in my gut still. I just, I just have that feeling he's going to end up in San Francisco. And I'm always, I was thinking like during the trade deadline, I was like, if the Yankees ended up training, tra- training, trading for Juan Soto, he's younger, seven years younger than Judge, what a lot of people don't know. Judge is damn near 30. He's, or he's 30. And if they trade for Soto, they have a younger outfielder. And, and it, it it's, it would end up making Yankee fans say, it's like, okay, we traded for Soto then you know what judge is gone then and then that's where it comes in it's like well where is he going to end up personally yankees need to sign judge he's their guy like like you like 
to your point, you're saying like, who else is going to be the face of that team? Like there's no one. I mean, no one has Uh been on that team long enough to, to say that. Yeah, this is the face of the team. Everyone's there is really short term so far. Judge has been there the longest and you, you have to sign that guy. I mean, you have to. They will. They will. They will. For a lot more money than they offered him originally. Yeah. I mean, because he's having a stellar year. I got to give him credit. Oh, you're going to get paid. You're going to get paid. He will. Yep. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, uh, but I do want to ask last little quick question. If you had to give a little prediction, not for, you know, who's going to be in the playoff, but just your final World Series prediction, winner and in how many games? Who you got? Uh, I really do believe it un- unbiasedly that if DeGrom is healthy, the Mets are a problem. But I'll give you Dodgers Astros. Okay, yeah. rematch. Oh man, yeah, that would I'll give you Dodgers. Would, everybody would watch that. Yeah. Everybody would watch that. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you Dodgers. But but I, I but. If DeGrom is healthy, the Mets are a real problem. I mean, you know, you go back to 2015 when they had Granky and Kershaw with the Dodgers. They were big favorites. The Mets sent them home with that version of DeGrom, pitching game one and five. Um, they got Scherzer now, too. Like, Scherzer and Strasburg went the whole distance themselves. Really, Soto was a huge stud. But it was Strasburg and, and Scherzer who won those Playoff series. They both pitched in the game five in LA that they went. He was right. You got Scherzer and DeGrom. DeGrom better than Strasburg. Oh, yeah. So just just remember that. Like, they're not as good as the Dodgers. But in the playoffs, I wouldn't want to face them. But I'll give you Dodgers Astros. The best chance, the biggest probability is Dodgers Astros for me. Yep. Huge, huge thank you to Casey Stern for joining We Watch, We Collect for you know, trade talk. Um, and a huge thank you to believe podcast network for, uh, being able to set that up for me. Uh, and hopefully I can get Casey Stern on a future episodes, maybe for, uh, who knows, maybe for a world series preview or world series look ahead episode when, when that time comes in October. And, um, yeah, that'll, that'll be today's episode again. Huge. Thank you to Casey Stern for joining uh, I appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, thank you guys for, for listening on, on this episode. Hopefully you enjoyed it and we'll see you in the next one.